and welcome into another episode of Line em Up. And you bet, you guessed it, ladies and gentlemen, you bet it is football season here on Line em Up. Our bread and butter, I feel like, really. And back to talk football with me, as always, is Eric. Yeah, definitely my favorite season, I think, um, in professional sports. I'm definitely excited to be back. I'm excited to line up these uh, rosters and talk about well, how we feel about them and what their over-unders look like, Jen. And we, yeah, absolutely. And we will be getting into uh, previewing week one. But before we did that, uh, we wanted to go through the entire NFL this year and just sort of set the landscape for how we feel this league is going to shake out. Uh, the second year of 17 game season, there's been a lot of movement, a lot of risers, some fallers, quarterbacks on the move, star players on the move. And so we're all going to break it down here. Uh, and the way we like to do this here at Line em Up with our preview is go through the Vegas over under for win totals. Uh, talk about whether or not we think those teams are going to hit the over, hit the under, or and then you know see what that means for the division as a whole, the NFL as a whole. And so we're going to start with, for no particular reason, the NFC West. Eric, take it away with where you think these teams are going to fall in the NFC West. Yeah, so this NFC West still has a lot of powerhouse teams, uh, starting and headlining with their defending Super Bowl champion in the Los Angeles Rams. They definitely have the highest over-under this year with 10.5. Uh, and respectfully so. I still have them as a team that is going to win the division. And then coming after that, I have the 49ers, then the Cardinals, then the Seahawks. Uh, did we want to go straight into over-unders, John? I can talk right into that. Yeah, yeah, go for it yeah. on, on uh, where you think these over-unders are going to land. Yeah, so I, Los Angeles Rams, as I mentioned, has 10.5 uh, as their over-under. I'm going to go over here, but only very slightly over with 11 wins in total. That's where I currently have their projections. I think it's going to be a rocky road for the Rams in particular. We'll have to see about how Matthew Stafford's arm uh, holds up. He played through some sort of injury throughout the entirety of last season, and it's been a big deal this entire offseason. Sounds like he's had the offseason to kind of recuperate that arm. Uh, and then he did sign a, a large deal with the Rams, so they, the Rams are committed to him. He does have options in uh, the Rams signing Allen Robinson. Um, they have still have Aaron Donald on the defensive side of the ball. They signed Bobby Wagner. I think this Rams team is going to be a little inconsistent, uh, maybe coming off a Super Bowl hangover maybe. Uh, so we'll see how their schedule also lines up. But I have them only slightly over, but still winning the division. Second in the division, I have the 49ers, who have a 9.5 over-under. I have them just slightly under. Uh, at nine wins. I think it's going to be a very difficult team to project uh, personally. I'm excited to hear what your thoughts are on John, but I think Trey Lance is leading this team at the moment, uh, and it's functionally a rookie quarterback for me. He has a lot of potential, but I think it's going to be a lot of ups and downs for this team. Um, I have a lot of questions on defense as well, see how well they hold up, particularly with their schedule this year. Um, and then real quickly, uh, and then I'll let you talk, John, is uh, I have the Arizona Cardinals at 8.5. I have them just slightly under, also at 8. I don't have confidence with DeAndre Hopkins out and Kyler Murray. have to relearning or actually learning the entire playbook, I guess, or studying film. Um, and their losses on defense, they had a wild a special ride last season, but uh, I don't think they'll hold up again this, this year. And then the Seattle Seahawks with a 5.5 over-under, I have them confidently under that with uh, Geno Smith leading that charge, and their defense not as strong this year. 
and I think it's just going to be a rebuilding season for the Seahawks team. I have them with four wins. Yeah, so I'll, I'll get those last two out of the way real quick before we get back to the um, the Niners and Rams talk because I think that's a, a fascinating debate. I also have the Cardinals going under that eight and a half, maybe just under, like you said, eight and nine, seven and ten. Um, we'll see. It doesn't help that DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first uh, six weeks of the season, and then right after he comes back from his suspension, that new Call of Duty comes out, and so we know what that means for Kyler Murray and uh, his production once that new Call of Duty comes out. So, I don't know. The Cardinals feel like such a weird team because there's certainly the potential there, but it just doesn't feel like all of the pieces that they have, including the coaching staff, all really fit together to get the most out of uh, that team. And so I'm going to go under. Likewise with the Seahawks, I just don't know if this team is going to be any good. Uh, Pete Carroll is a good coach, so you know you maybe they sneak over that 5.5 win total because of Pete Carroll. But I, I don't think that's something that you can pick with confidence. Um, now, Rams 49ers. Um, I also have the Rams going over i i just i don't know that it, it they this team really feels like a 10 and 7 team which is what the under would indicate uh maybe it's 11 and 6 like you talked about maybe they get back to the 12 and 5 they were at last year they are going to have questions on that offensive line with andrew whitworth retiring uh and you know the defense is again a defense of stars and then a defense of average players at least on paper that need to step up where I really differ from you, Eric, is I am high on the 49ers. I think it's very possible that this 49ers team could win this division. And for that reason, I am going over the pick of nine and a half. I think they're a double-digit win team. Uh, now, that is a very volatile team. This is a team that, you know, could be a 12-13 win team in my mind. This is a team that could end up being a eight, seven, maybe less if things don't really gel with Trey Lance. But if you've listened to me talk about for the 49ers before on this podcast, you know that I love Kyle Shanahan. You know that I think he is the best play caller in football. And I think he's going to have uh, Trey Lance ready to go, ready to make a difference uh, in his offense. And the defense, they have one of the nastiest, if not the nastiest, defensive lines in football, and they have a great linebacking core. The secondary is still a question mark, but I think overall it's going to be a solid defensive unit, and I think it's going to propel the 49ers to potentially, potentially a division title, but either way, I think it's an easy over. All right, so is that a confidence in Trey Lance in particular? I know you say it's up and down. It's like, do you feel like he's going to have a particularly successful season, and we're going to be talking about him again next season as one of the, the stars of the NFL? So I, I don't know that he's going to come out and do a Patrick Mahomes where Mahomes had this perfect marriage with play caller and, you know, giving that time to to adjust to the NFL. And then he came out in his second season, first year as a starter, won the MVP. I don't know that we're going to see that from Trey Lance, but I think it's going to I think Trey Lance is going to do well enough to really have this offense firing on all cylinders. Now, is it going to be more so that Trey Lance is the absolute star of that offense? 
No, I think, you know, guys like Elijah Mitchell, guys like Debo Samuel are still going to shine a little bit brighter than him, but I think he's going to make enough plays. I think he's going to be dangerous with his legs, and overall it's going to be a level raiser from what we saw out of this offense under Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, I love to hear the optimism because I will mention that this the San Francisco 49ers was the most difficult team for me to project. I, as I mentioned, I have them at nine wins. They could easily sneak over that 10-11 win total. Uh for me, Trey Lance is a tricky prospect, I think. Um, the number three overall pick, he comes with a lot of potential. But I guess right now in a Kyle Shanahan offense, I kind of see him as possibly being coddled, kind of like how Mac Jones was last year as a rookie. And then with the potential of someone like Justin Fields, who's still a little raw. And with that, I think like a lot of young developing talent is going to struggle for this team and they might not be as successful as they want them. So I'm a little more conservative. That's, that's why I'm having a nine wins, but I'm excited to see where they're going to end up this, this season. Yeah, absolutely. A very fascinating case because I admit that it's not a guarantee that they realize all of that potential and they could fall, stumble like you're suggesting. All right, so moving on oh, from... Real quick, let me let me mention uh, Brendan's picks over here. So uh, Brendan, who is who's not joining us today, but he does... Uh, put in his picks for us, for our, our listeners to um, to record for themselves in case they, they care about his opinion, which I, I think we all do. Uh, Absolutely. Brendan, <laughs> Brendan seems to, I'm going to guess about how what his uh, projections look like based on what he has it in uh, our, our spreadsheet here. Uh, Brendan seems to have the 49ers also high up, over 10 wins uh, projected, and seemingly to win the division. And then the Rams under 10 wins, so second in the division, under that 10.5 win total uh, that Vegas is projecting. And then Cardinals is third, uh, though over 9 wins. So I guess we'll have to see how he expected the Cardinals and Rams to shake up um, on a future session. And then finally, he also has the Seahawks under 5.5 win total. Yeah, it seems like he just has these uh, these three teams at the top. Because I think it's, it's easy to say that there are three teams at the top part of the NFC West and then the Seahawks at the bottom. So it seems like he has all the three teams close together. Maybe he believes that this is the year Kyler Murray finally shakes off his call of duty. Uh, I don't know if addiction is the right way to call it, but he is very fond of call of duty and uh, he finally shakes that off and, and, leads this Cardinals team, improves upon where they were last year, where they were a playoff team. So it sounds like that's where Brennan's going. But, of course, we will hear from him later on throughout the NFL season, and he can definitely expand upon that. Now, going from west all the way over to the east, we have the NFC East. This is another division that I think Eric has a interesting debate at the top. Uh, and that is between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Vegas has the Cowboys coming off, you know, coming off of a season in which they won the division. They went 12 and five. They had a very effective defense, which I don't think anybody really saw coming. A very turnover-prone uh, defense, and they're sitting at 10 and a half wins. And I don't know about you, Eric, but to me, having Dallas at 10 and a half wins. And having the Eagles at nine and a half wins seems a little bit like we're just falling back on what happened last season and we're not really reacting to what went on in the offseason to change these two teams. I think Dallas is a really tough pick at ten and a half. 
I did go under because to me, I look at this team, you expect the defense to regress a little bit and you lose um, Amari Cooper in that trade to the Browns. Michael Gallup is banged up to start the season. I think there are still question marks around how healthy and how explosive Ezekiel Elliott is, how healthy and how dynamic this offensive line is going to be. And so to me, this felt like a 10 and 7 team. And so I hit the under here for the Eagles. This feels like a team on the rise. They go out, they add AJ Brown. They then, you know, add a a really good defensive haul in the draft. They get uh, Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean out of Georgia to sort of shore up that middle. They sign James Bradbury to help out in the secondary. They make that trade right, um, right before or right at the end of the preseason, I should say, to get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in the secondary to be like that slot corner slash third safety. I think this is a team on the rise. You know, Jalen Hurts, I think there are still legitimate question marks, but I think they easily hit uh, over this 9.5 win total that Vegas has for them. Yeah, I completely agree. These two teams at the top of the division, I think they'll definitely be the ones to battle it out throughout, but 10.5 is pretty bullish of the... Uh, Vegas uh, sports books. I guess I can kind of see where they're coming from if they are project or they're taking that 12 and five record that the Cowboys had last season and scaled them back one and a half wins, and then take a look at their schedule and maybe there's in this this 10 and a half that they're looking at. Um, but like you said, I, I also have them under that. Um, you said just a 10 and seven. I, I completely agree. I haven't had nine wins, but I feel like they're confidently in that nine and 10 win zone rather than an 11 and 12 win season again, particularly with the, the steps backwards that they're looking at on offensive defense that you've already mentioned. And then the Eagles are definitely the up and coming team. Uh, I, I think it's always fun to mention for this NFC East division. They haven't had a repeat winner since 2004, since the Eagles did it for four straight seasons. It's been uh, I mean, over the past like five seasons, it's been Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Washington football team, and then Cowboys. So, I mean, this seems like another season where they're going to shake up the, the standings again and have the Eagles take over the crown here. I have them at 10 wins, just slightly sneaking over to 9.5. I think it'll be competitive in the top of the NFC East here, but I think um, the Eagles are definitely the up-and-coming team with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Um, Miles Sanders and Boston Sky and uh, Kenneth Gainwell out of the backfield, a lot of rushing potential. So I think this is going to be, I, I should mention, a solid offensive line too. So I think it'll be fun to see how this Eagles team is going to shake out, but I think I also have them as the number one team in this NFC East division. Yeah, to me, the only thing that trips up the Eagles, uh, at least in terms of winning this division, is if there is a noticeable difference in the quality of play you get out of Jalen Hurts versus Dak Prescott. If Jalen Hurts, I I don't know that I expect him to be better than Dak Prescott, but if Jalen Hurts can just sort of hover slightly below the level of play that you get from Dak Prescott, also knowing that he is going to provide a much better running threat from the quarterback position than Dak Prescott, I think the Eagles take this division. Now, it's interesting because I want to point out, we do have, like you said, we have Brendan's picks in here as well. And Brendan did something that I don't think... I've seen a lot in sort of these over-under projections. He has every team in this division under their Vegas win total. Uh, He has the Cowboys under the 10.5 win totals at 10. He has the Eagles just under their win totals at 9. 
And then he's picking the under for both the Giants and the Commanders. Now, we're all picking the under for both the Giants and the Commanders. So that's not a surprise there. But to me, it's like, surely one of these teams has to outperform expectations. Right, Eric? Yeah, it's definitely a little surprising. He must be feeding a lot of these wins to a lot of the other divisions. Um, I mean, they, yeah, this this might be a division that is going to be feeding wins to whoever they end up they playing against on their schedule. Um, but it, it's definitely interesting to see that he's less uh, bullish or, or more bearish on the Eagles, considering his hype for Jalen Hurts. Um, sounds like he's not going to take that major step to push his team over that kind of 500 area. That nine and eight is what where Brendan's projecting it. Um, I expect him to be more bullish there, but I'm definitely surprised that he's under here and has the Cowboys still winning this division. Yeah, and the, the East matches up this uh, year with the NFC North and the AFC South. So not necessarily, I would think, powerhouse divisions right. to get that to get that matchup against. But we'll see. I, I mean, maybe we are wrong, and maybe we're just a little bit higher on the Cowboys and Eagles than we should be, and, and Brendan comes in with the winner in this division. But... I don't know. To me, it feels like one of these teams is either going to, in the case of the Cowboys, stay at the level they were at last year, or more likely in my mind, you see the Eagles take another step forward. Uh, you see Jalen Hurts take another step forward with this offense, and you you end up with a Eagles team that wins this division and maybe contends uh, in a deep playoff run for that NFC title, that I, NFC I, crown. I guess uh, another way to read how Brendan is projecting this division is um, it sounds like he's a lot more, a little more bullish on, for example, the New York Giants and maybe even the Washington Commanders than, than you are, John. It sounds like he's possibly projecting this team or this division to kind of cannibalize itself. Um, and, and that's why he's keeping all these over-under win totals low. I, I will mention in, Washington, in the Washington Commanders, it's one of the more difficult teams for me to project in this uh, division. Uh, they had a lot of potential on their defensive side of the ball of Chase Young, Montez Sweat, that they kind of fell flat last season, that they still have the potential to jump back this season. They also have a solid secondary. Um, they got Carson Wentz on that team. They drafted uh, Jahan Dotson to line up across from Terry McLaurin. Um, they still have potential on the offensive side of the ball as well. They had seven wins just last season. Their over-under is at seven and a half. Um, I have to project that seven wins. Brendan seems to also project them as seven wins. I, I, know, I don't know how far under, John, you're, you're looking at that, but I think this is a team that could easily sneak in to over that win total of seven and a half, eight or nine wins, maybe even push for the division in the middle of the season. Um, that's definitely a team that I, I'm curious and, and going to keep my eye on. Yeah, to me, the Commanders feel like a team that could come out and start the season playing decent football, you know, maybe they're four and four, five and three uh, through the first eight games of the season. But then I think they're going to fall off. I, I don't know that, that they can really sustain a high enough level of play given the history of injury for a lot of players on their roster. Carson Wentz being chief among them. Uh, you know, Chase Young's coming off an injury. That defense massively underperformed last year. Uh, they definitely have talent on the defensive side of the ball, like you alluded to, but it just doesn't feel like a team that is going to get stronger as the season goes on. And so I think they end up falling off uh, and becoming a 6 and 11 team, I guess is where that would be. I, th I think that's where they, they sort of end up. Um, and 
continue in my mind that search for the premier quarterback for this Washington franchise. Somebody that they really haven't had in decades. Um, they, they've gone through a lot of quarterbacks here. Kirk Cousins was obviously probably the most successful of them long-term. Uh, Robert Griffin III probably had the highest of highs. But overall, it's just a team that continues to sort of tread water in this pool of mediocrity. And I don't know that they really do anything to raise their level this year uh, based on what what their roster looks like now. And so I expect them to fall off and finish, like I said, around 6-11. and Definitely fair. And then let me re- or, or end with the New York Giants here. Their over-under is at 7.5. I have them at 5 wins. Seems like Brendan has them at 7 wins. Uh, sounds like it's going to be a rebuilding year. I think, John, you also have them under that total. Um, they hired a new coach in uh, Brian Dable, and then they also have a new GM, all coming from the Buffalo Bills. Um, sounds like they're going to recommit to Daniel Jones, at least for another year, see if they can revitalize Saquon Barkley. But this, there's not a lot of pieces on offense uh, outside of that, it, and um, on defense either. So it sounds like we all have them confidently on, at the bottom of this division here. Yeah, the Giants definitely feel like a team to me that is going to take another step backwards before they start taking a step forward. Uh, the hiring of Brian Dable, the shakeup in this organization's front office, I think was both necessary and I think they really did a good job in filling those positions. But at the same time, this team is about as far from being the Buffalo Bills, who we'll talk about later, uh, as you can be. Uh, even though there are athletic similarities, I think, to Daniel Jones and Josh Allen, the play on the field is miles apart. And so I think this team takes a step back. I think they could easily end up being one of the worst teams in football. And so I'm very confident in saying under seven and a half wins. I, I completely agree. They, uh, I'm excited to see where the Giants are going to be in the next couple of years. They uh, drafted Kayvon Thibodeau. They got Evan Neal as their, one of their offensive tackles. Um, they did lose a lot of pieces on defense, as I mentioned. Jabril Peppers, James Bradbury. So a lot of ups and downs on this team. But we'll see how they come in, the, in, the, in these upcoming years for the Giants. But a couple of years away for sure. Oh, and don't get me wrong. I think this offseason was a step in the right direction with those players you drafted with the additions in the front office and the coaching staff, like I mentioned. But... Again, I think they need to take another step backwards before they can start moving forwards, and I think that's what we'll end up seeing on the field this year. All right, so we move from the NFC East to Eric's favorite division. At least I hope it's his favorite division. The (laughs) NFC North uh, with his Chicago Bears and the other usual suspects in this division, the Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, and Detroit Lions. And since this division is near and dear to your heart, Eric, how do you feel like it's going to shake out, uh, given that there, I think, has been a lot of change for all of these teams in this past offseason? Yeah, it's definitely my favorite division. I, I will say I'm, at this point, more of a neutral viewer, and I do have some uh, affection for all the teams, a little less aggressive than what you may have in the AFC North. John, I, I, I don't mind a lot of these teams at this moment. We have the Green Bay Packers projected at 10.5 wins for uh, from Vegas, uh, still leading the pack. I have them confidently over. I have them as one of the best teams in the NFC North. I 
think they're going to be carried by their defense this year. Uh, but I think their defense is going to definitely hold on the fort, but they still have um, MVP Aaron Rodgers. And uh, while they did lose Devontae Adams to a trade to the Las Vegas Raiders, I think this team is going to be smart enough to kind of restructure their offense around Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, their rushing attack. Uh, Alan Zard is going to be the up-and-coming uh, wide receiver, but they did draft a couple of uh, wide receivers in Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, who have received a lot of hype on the fantasy radar. They signed Sammy Watkins. Um, they still have Randall Cobb, who's admittedly one of the, the grandpa's wide receivers of this team, but maybe he'll still produce this year. They're getting Robert Tunyon back at tight end. I think this team's going to be uh, reloaded for this season, and I have them confidently over that 10.5 total of 13. Uh, wins this season. Vikings coming in at nine and a half win total from Vegas. I have them very confidently, very bullishly uh, with an over here with 11 wins. I have them as the highest wildcard team in my projections. I I'm excited to see how this offense is going to uh, be restructured. Uh, they did hire a new coach in Kevin O'Connell. Uh, coming in from the Los Angeles Rams, who seems like he's going to focus more on a pass-happy offense with Kirk Cousins. Going to highlight Justin Jefferson more, get Dalvin Cook the ball more in uh, in space, uh, in, in that in that passing scheme. Um, still have Adam Thielen uh, and his touchdown potentials. Um, I think their defense is still middle of the pack, but I think they're going to confidently overperform the 9.5 win total and finish second in this division, possibly push the Packers, but as I mentioned, Packers are still at top of the division. And then uh, Lions and Bears have a lot of room for optimism. Um, they're both projected at 6.5 win total. I have the Lions finishing third with uh, under uh, that 6.5 win total, just with uh, six wins. Um, I will mention that that's one of the, my more difficult teams to project because they had a lot of optimism last season with a lot of one win, or sorry, like one touchdown uh, margin losses. And they're definitely in a lot of games and a lot of potential prospects that John maybe you'll touch on. But I, I think I still have them under a six and a half win total because I, I don't see how they're going to match up against their schedule at the moment to uh, kind of pack the punch they need to, to push for a playoff that maybe some people are projecting. Finally, I'll close it out with the, the Bears. I have the least optimism for them. Justin Fields is still raw. They didn't add a lot of pieces on offense or defense to kind of help them out. Um, Darnell Mooney's going to be a star. David Montgomery's still a running back that is going to move the chains for them. Um, but I, I don't think they're going to do enough this year. We're going to just have to see what highlights Justin Fields has for us. But I have him confidently over, under that 6.5 win total with four wins. How do you see it shaking out, John? What do you think? So I agree with you in terms of the Packers. I think this is going to be the last great season we see out of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I don't know that they can continue to sustain this um, the way that Rodgers is, is going in his career, the way that you know this offensive line is aging. But I think for this season, they still definitely have enough firepower to – pretty easily win this division and get over that 10 and a half win mark uh, at the bottom of the division. I'm in the same boat as you with the bears. Uh, this is a team that is pretty much starting from phase one. Uh, they're starting from, you know, square one and they do have a quarterback that I think has a lot of potential in Justin Fields. But outside of that, I don't know that there's a lot to be excited about just yet. 
time is coming in Chicago. I, I think they're heading in the right direction. But again, another team that I think takes another step back before they start taking steps forward. The Lions and the Vikings is where I think I disagree uh, the most with you and Brendan in this division. Um, I don't like the Vikings nearly as much as you guys do. To me, this feels like the most classic 9-8 and eight team that you could possibly find in the NFL. There are some really good players in Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and Daniil Hunter on defense. And then there's a lot of mediocrity. Kirk Cousins is, I think, more of a fantasy quarterback than he is a real difference maker for an NFL team. He puts up good numbers, but we all know that in big games, he does not shine. And so I think between that, between sort of Kirk Cousins putting a, a ceiling on this team, uh, between the defense not really having a huge amount of difference makers, they did draft pretty well in the secondary, which was a huge need for them last year in getting Lewis Seen out of Georgia and Andrew Booth out of Clemson. But at the same time, they're changing formations. They're going to a 3-4. Uh, they're adjusting to a new offense in Kevin O'Connell. One that I think the offense is going to be good. I think I think Kevin O'Connell raises the level of this offense over what we saw from Mike Zimmer. But I think at the end of the day, this is still a, again, 9-8 and eight team. Um, they're going to be scratching and clawing, trying to get into the playoffs. Uh, but I don't know that they're really that different from the Vikings team that we saw last season Detroit I think is very different uh, I think once you fully integrate these rookies that they added Aiden Hutchinson Jamison Williams I think once everybody is healthy on that team as we know that Jamison Williams is not going to start the season on the active roster with that knee injury but I think once you get everybody in there this team is a quarterback away from being a big problem and we've seen Jared Goff do enough to sort of get to a Kirk Cousins-esque level in the past. And so I think this is a team that's even going to be a harder out than they were last year. I think they're going to test a lot of teams, and I think we see them make that jump from bottom of the barrel to middle of the pack. 7-10 and 10 is what feels like a just record for them, a justifiable record for them. And so I'm just going to give them a little bit, uh, a little bit of that over. Yeah, I'm I'm loving the love that we're we're giving the Lions here. Uh, it's hard not to root for someone like Dan Campbell, who's very passionate about his his players. Um, and I'm I'm excited to root for Jared Goff as well. I think he maybe didn't get a fair shake in the loss with the Los Angeles Rams prior um, in his in his prior stint. And I think he's a lot of weapons now. They also added DJ Chark at, in the in the moment while they're waiting for Jameson Williams to kind of go along with their second year wide receiver. I'm on Raw St. Brown. Um, I think they have DeAndre Swift coming out of the backfield. A lot of uh, pieces on offense to really be dynamic. So I, I'm excited to see what they're they're, they're going to do this season. Um, I, I'm as I mentioned, I'm a, I'm a little conservative, but I'm loving that. You all have them as over, and so does Brendan. So Brendan here, he seems to have the Packers and the Vikings both tied at 10 wins. So he has the Packers under that 10.5 win total, the Vikings over that 9.5 win total, both with 10 wins. I'm curious to see or hear from him uh, which one he has winning the division. 
um, which one he's more bullish on, it sounds like, this season. But then he also has the Lions with over with seven wins, just sneaking over that six and a half win total. And also the Bears under that six and a half win total with five wins. So we kind of have it all shaken out, shaken out pretty similarly. I think it's more of a predictable division, John, um, in, in the NFC North. Yeah, it'll be interesting, too. I don't under, quite understand what Brendan doesn't like about the Packers, so I would definitely be interested to see hear or hear from him i guess uh what he sees there that we are missing but it's definitely a division with plenty of intrigue again teams that are rising teams that are falling and we'll just have to see how it shakes out now i think the last division in the nfc moving on to the nfc south is perhaps the least intriguing at least in my mind eric uh, i think there are there's just not a lot of debate in my mind about who's going to win this division. And then outside of that, I think you only really have one team who is maybe a playoff contender. Um, Now, in terms of who's going to win the division, I think it's pretty obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Vegas has them as far and away the highest projected over under at 11 and a half wins. Um, Like the Packers, I think this is the last great season for the Tampa Bay Tom Brady era. Uh, and so I think they're going to go over that 11 and a half wins. I think 12 and 5, 13 and 4 definitely feels like a safe space for them to sort of uh, fall into. Um, now, the rest of this division is filled with teams that have a lot of question marks. The Saints are definitely the best of the bunch, but the Saints are also going through a lot of turmoil. Um, They have Jameis Winston as their quarterback now, and they no longer have Sean Payton as their head coach. And so it's a very different Saints team from the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era that we knew for so long. This defense is still very good, but they did have to trade Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to the Eagles, like I mentioned, which is a blow to their secondary. And they seem like they are in a similar boat to the Vikings, although for opposite reasons. They have a defense that should be really strong, even without Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And they have an offense that has some high-level players, but the sum of its parts is still very much up for debate, very much in question. Um, So while I have the Buccaneers easily going over that 11.5 win total that was set for them, I more so have the Saints just sneaking over that 8.5 win total that has been set for them. They feel like another 9-8 and team to me. They feel like another team that is, you know, a playoff contender, but it's going to be a tough climb a tough battle for them to get into that playoffs and secure their position at the end of the season and then with the panthers and the falcons these teams are obviously in my mind at least headed backwards headed in the wrong direction uh the panthers do make the move to get baker mayfield to try to provide some stability in the quarterback position but i still think this ends up being a team that goes under their six and a half projected win total uh, I think this is is the last season in Carolina for Matt Rule. Uh, I don't know that this becomes Baker Mayfield's long-term landing spot. And I think this is a team that probably, especially on offense, 
needs to just blow it up and build around the young players um, like Ikea Kwanu, who they just drafted at tackle, like DJ Moore. Uh, we'll see if Christian McCaffrey is back to being fully healthy and his full self. That, I think, is not a given for this Panthers team. But either way, I think they're heading in the wrong direction. And then the Falcons, clearly they're in tank mode, right? They they trade Matt Ryan. They don't do anything to obviously address the quarterback position long-term, even though they bring in Marcus Mariota through free agency uh, and then Desmond Ritter through the draft. But this is a team that is not trying to compete this year. So Vegas, very conservative win total for them. Four and a half. I think they can still go under that because I just don't have any confidence in them to go above that win total. Could they? Sure, but I don't have any confidence in it. Yeah, I mean, that's a great recap of the division, John. I think, let me go backwards, kind of how, in line with what you're talking about here with the Atlanta Falcons. I I also have them under that four and a half win total. I don't think there's that much to say, although I think they will be fun to watch on offense. Uh, with Marcus Mariota at the quarterback home now, them losing Matt Ryan, or at least trading away Matt Ryan due to his frustrations with uh, their offseason dabbles with uh, trying to acquire another quarterback and <clears throat> in the Atlanta Falcons. I, th- I think Marcus, Marcus Mariota is going to give him a fair shake, I think, uh, although maybe not a lot of pieces, but I think we'll get to see his rushing potential that we expected from him when he was drafted. Um, they have Cordell Patterson, who was a wide receiver, running back, kind of, uh, combination for this Atlanta Falcons team, so we'll see how they shake it up. They get Kyle Pitts still um, and Drake London uh, with Calvin Ridley sidelined for for the foreseeable future uh, due to the sports betting. Um, but I think they'll have weapons to kind of make this this team fun to watch and, and possibly surprise us. But I, as I said, I have them at four wins, just under that four and a half win total. Um, Panthers, not much to talk about. I'm just disappointed that they don't aren't able to capitalize on all the weapons that you've already mentioned and Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Um, a lot more optimism with Baker Mayfield, but he's always been kind of a middle-of-the-pack quarterback, and their defense is kind of middle-of-the-pack, maybe even falling backwards. So I also have them under that 6.5 win total with six wins, um, squarely in the third place in that, in that division. <clears throat> and then um, top two in this division, I have the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I have them over that nine win or that even eight and a half win total that Vegas is uh, providing. I have them at nine wins, kind of how you're suggesting, John. Also at nine wins, they're confidently in that 500 area that Vegas is projecting. I, I am pretty confident that they're going to go over that line, even without Sean Payton, without Drew Brees. Um, James Winston's going to do uh, well enough with Michael Thomas possibly returning from injury. I think we'll have to see if he suits up healthy in Week One. They have Chris Olave as one of their top-end drafted wide receivers. Uh, they still have Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. They have a top-five NFL defense. I think it's very difficult to project this team to be under that 8.5 win total. I actually have them making the playoffs uh, with that 9 wins. Um, they, the NFC, I don't, I'm not as bullish on this this year in, in that wild-card zone, so I think the Saints are going to be pleasantly okay with that 9 win total, make the playoffs, and make a shake with their top uh, tier NFL defense and then finally the Buccaneers um, I'm very cautious to say that this is their last great win season uh, with Tom Brady because Tom Brady can always prove us wrong and uh, keep going for another 10 years um, but it, John is the only one here that has them with the over so maybe we should be scared of that uh, in that we should all be calling this team to go over 
Uh, but I have them at 11 wins, just under that 11 half win total by Vegas. Uh, my most, uh, my biggest concern is with their offensive line. They did lose uh, a lot of offensive line linemen to injuries this uh, preseason. For example, Aaron Stinney, who has been one of their, uh, I mean, Super Bowl winning offensive linemen that has uh, been protecting Tom Brady. So we'll have to see if that is going to affect their ability to do what they want to do uh, in Tom Brady and Leonard Fournette and getting the ball. Uh, but they have a lot of weapons on offense. They're getting Chris Godwin back from injury. We'll see if he suits up in these first few weeks. Still Mike Evans, who's been consistent year after year. They signed Julio Jones, who is an aging star, but maybe Tom Brady is someone who can revitalize his career again. Um, Russell Gage, they stole him from the Atlanta Falcons. Who's, he's been their top re wide receiver last year for the Falcons. So a lot of pieces to play with. Uh, they did lose Rob Gronkowski, so we'll see where those targets go. But they're definitely going to win the division. I have them just slightly under due to those, due to those offensive line concerns. Um, but they still will make that run for possibly uh, maybe Tom Brady's last ride, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, running down Brendan's picks here. He has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers also under with 11 wins, uh, though winning the division. New Orleans Saints coming in at number two with uh, over the eight and a half win total with 10 wins. Sounds like he's going to project them in the playoffs as well. Panthers coming in at three under that six and a half win total of six wins. And then finally Falcons with an under of that four and a half win total with just three wins. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it seems like we're all mostly on the same page. Brendan a little bit higher on the Saints, uh, you two a little bit lower on the Bucks than I am. The offensive line for the Bucks is is certainly a concern. Also, something I wanted to point out: uh, we've had three seasons uh, in his career where Jameis Winston has started sixteen games. This year, it'll hopefully be seventeen uh, for the Saints. In those three seasons, he's gone six and ten, nine and seven, and seven and nine. And while Maybe you could argue that the Saints team, particularly with their defense, is a little bit better than in some of the Tampa Bay teams he was on. I don't know. I just think Jameis Winston, at least what we know of him so far, is going to be the limiting factor for this Saints team that, keep in mind, after this season, they have a absolute mess of a cap situation. And so this may really be their one true shot at, at being competitive with Jameis Winston as their starting quarterback with this core of players that they have now. And so we'll see how that affects things in terms of uh, how aggressive they are, if they're able to you know, maybe make some trades to try and bolster this roster if they're in a strong position heading down the stretch of the season, but it'll be a fascinating case to watch this New Orleans team and see if Jameis Winston can raise himself above the levels we've seen from him previously. All fair points, John. I mean, uh, Jameis Winston had weapons in Mike Evans, Chris Godwin at the time, Deshaun Jackson. He had a good offense before, and like you said, subpar record. So we'll see if he can take the Saints team over the top where they need to be. Yeah. And and so moving from the NFC and going into the AFC, and we're going to start with probably the most interesting division, not only in the AFC, but probably in all of football. And that is the AFC West. And this is a division that has seen a lot of change in terms of the 
two teams that were in the bottom of the division last year. Uh, the or excuse me, I guess uh, the Raiders did finish second, but the Raiders uh, did make a big move in getting Devontae Adams from the Packers, like you said. Uh, the Broncos made a huge move in getting Russell Wilson from the Seahawks. The Chargers made some big moves in terms of picking up Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson, and then the Chiefs traded away Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins, but I think everyone still expects them to be pretty strong. Now, given all of the the improvements these teams have made, Eric, given the strength that each team has, because these are four very strong teams, how do you see this division shaking out? Yeah, I think I've mentioned in our group chats before, John, that I, at one point, when I was projecting out this uh, the NFL and this division in particular, I at one point had all four of these teams making the post or the, the playoffs. Uh, I, I feel like each one of these teams is good enough to make a playoff run. Um, I eventually did need to remove one of them to kind of uh, fill in the rest of the AFC. Uh, but uh, these are all playoff caliber teams, in my opinion, and they could all cannibalize each other. Although, uh, as I'll go, as I'll talk about shortly, I do actually do have them uh, with a, a pretty bullish win projection for for a lot of their records. Uh, number one, I actually have, uh, I'll go in the order, I guess I have them actually finishing, um, just to kind of give our listeners a, an idea of, um, where I have them stacking out. I actually have the Denver Broncos finishing over that 10 and a half win total that Vegas is projecting, which is pretty high for a seven and 10 team last season. Um, and I have them at 12 wins. That's a, uh, like a, a five win plus total with Russell Wilson under center. This seems to be like a signing that was uh, in line with uh, all-time great Peyton Manning back in the day in this, a team that has a lot of solid pieces but needs a quarterback to kind of uh, steady the, the, the ship here. Um, they've made long-term signings for uh, Corlin Sutton. They unfortunately lost Tim Patrick to an ACL injury, uh, but they still have uh, KJ Hamler coming back from injury and they still have Jerry Judy coming out of the slot or maybe the movement outside. We'll see what happens there. Javante Williams coming out of the backfield, Melvin Gordon as a, a two-headed um, backfield for this Denver Broncos team. Still a solid defense, so I'm, I'm very bullish on this Broncos team finishing at the top of the division um, and doing what they need to do with their uh, functionally bottom of the division schedule that they're going to have this year. Um, more in line with kind of what the Bengals saw last year, I think I'm, I'm more bullish on the Broncos this year and capitalizing on their schedule. Uh, second in the division, I actually have the... Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, I have them at 11 wins um, over their 10.5 win total. Uh, I will mention, I guess I'll include the Chargers here, who are also projected at 10.5 wins. I also have them at 11 wins. So uh, they're basically tied here. I gave the edge to uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, who have been dominating this division for the past couple of years. So just out of respect, I've given it to them. Um, they Both of these teams in tandem, they both have solid defenses. They both have star pieces on the offensive side of the ball, whether they be Patrick Mahomes or um, Justin Herbert. Uh, Chargers have a little more weapons on their offensive side of the ball. Still have Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Kansas City Chiefs lose Tyreek Hill, um, but we'll see how they kind of reformat uh, their, their offensive side of the ball. I have to trust um, in Andy Reid, their head coach here, to kind of uh, keep this ship on course here. Uh, and I, I will continue to give them the respect that they deserve and give them that 11 win total. Uh, and then finally at the bottom of the division, I have uh, the Raiders, 
who I did mention could sneak into the playoffs. I have them at 10 wins. They finished with 10 wins just last season, uh, 10 and 7 win total. They made the playoffs. Uh, however, um, and, and I guess as I mentioned, they didn't really take that many steps back. We'll have to see if their defensive uh, side holds up, but they were good enough to make the the playoffs last year. They added Devontae Adams, still Hunter Renfro, kind of a two-headed wide receiver here that is kind of scary, I think, to to defenses to deal with. Still Darren Waller, see if he can play for a full season and, and effectively. Um, so and I have a lot of trust in Derek Carr, who uh, continues to uh, throw the ball for a lot of yards, but not score a lot of touchdowns. But I think this could be the year that he kind of uh, makes a big splash in the offensive side of the ball. Unfortunately, I do have them missing the playoffs. They're one of the more difficult teams to um, project, but I do have them confidently over of 10 wins. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll have to see if they can make a push for a lot of the teams that in their division that made a lot of key additions. So in summary, I have Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders in that order. How about, how about you, John? What are you thinking there? Uh, see, I am of the opinion of I need to see it before I believe it when it comes to this Raiders team, when it comes to this Broncos team. I have the Broncos under the 10.5 win total. I, I'm not as confident as I think a lot of people are that Russell Wilson is going to be the level raiser for this team that a lot of people expect. Uh, I'm still waiting to see and, and interested to see if he fits this offense. He fits these skill players that they have as well as a lot of people expect. Um, I think the defense, big question about whether or not they're going to have the pass rush that they need to really be successful. Von Miller obviously left in the middle of last season. Bradley Chubb has constant injury concerns. They do bring in Randy Gregory from the Cowboys, but I, I think there's a, a enough questions in terms of how good this defense is going to be, how well Russell Wilson is going to gel with this new offense um, that I'm going to go under there. Uh, now, the Raiders, I, I think eight and a half, seems about right for them this is another team in the vein of the vikings and the saints that feels like a really 9 and 18 to me really middle of the pack uh you know hovering around that 500 mark um and being in this division playing this tough this this tough intra division schedule doesn't help and then the chiefs and the chargers i think are two of the best teams in the afc and i, I think people are maybe overreacting a little bit to the loss of Tyreek Hill for Kansas City, the um, the rise of the or the potential rise of the Raiders and the Broncos, and how that affects the teams like the Chargers and the Chiefs. But I think, given the quarterbacks that they have, who are unquestionably two of the five best quarterbacks in all of football in my mind, uh, given the offensive talent they have around them, given especially for the Chargers, the additions that they were able to make on defense this year. I think these are going to be two of the best teams in the AFC. I think while the battles against each other are going to be epic and hard fought, I think against most other teams, they should be the clear favorites. And so for that reason, I have both of them going over the 10 and a half win total that Vegas has set for them. Uh, I think 
because they've just been there and done it before, I think the Chiefs are still the team to beat in the division, but it would not surprise me at all if the Chargers, this was finally their year to overtake Kansas City, win the AFC West, and maybe stake their claim as the best team in the AFC, although there are some contenders outside the AFC West that have something to say about that as well. So I guess maybe the recap, John, or if you have to pick one, are you picking the Chiefs or the Chargers to win this division here? Which one? I'm picking. I'm here? picking the. I'm picking the Chiefs to win the division. Okay. But I think the Chargers are right there with them. I'm picking the Chiefs just because the Chargers have that sort of curse of mediocrity that's hanging over their head. They are much better than a mediocre football team, but they consistently have underperformed their talent level in the past. And so I think they have to break through that before I can feel confident in picking them over this Chiefs team that have Andy Reid as their head coach, that have um, Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback and leader. So I will pick the Chiefs. Uh, I have the division going Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. And I think the Chiefs and the Chargers easily make the playoffs. I think the Raiders and... Broncos will be fighting for a playoff position, but I, I could easily see them missing out as well. Yeah, I can definitely see the conservatism for this Chargers team who did lose a win and get in uh, at the end of last season. They, they ended up 9-8. and eight. They definitely had a chance to make the playoffs, but they certainly disappointed throughout the year. I think, they had a, I think we were a lot more bullish on them last year to kind of make that jump. And a little more conservatism this year, although we're expecting them to make the playoffs now. They're like solidly in the playoffs, but a little more conservative about whether they can make that jump. Um, they do have a very scary offense that you're mentioning. They acquired Khalil Mack from the Chicago Bears. Um, they added J.C. Jackson. They're pairing those with like Joey Bosa and Derwin James. A very scary defense, I think. Um, and, and with the dynamics on the offensive side of the ball, definitely can make that, that jump. But it sounds like we're all still conservative here in winning this division in particular. Uh, Brendan here. Let me go over his win totals. He has uh, the Chargers, it looks like, as his top team in the AFC West. So he's a lot more bullish on them to make that go over that hurdle with an 11 win total over that 10.5 win total that Vegas is putting out. Uh, it seems like they have, or he has the Chiefs and the Broncos tied with 10 wins, both under a 10.5 win total from Vegas, uh, but sitting at 2 and 3 in the division, possibly both making the playoffs. And then Raiders, very bearish, very under that 8.5 win total with 7 wins. So he's not as confident as anywhere near as I am. So we have both sides of the spectrum for the Raiders here. They could definitely make a splash in this division or be, kind of just be underperformers. So we'll have to see. But a fun division overall to, to watch this year, John. Yeah, it's interesting to me because this is, again, I feel like the same situation we had with the Packers where... Brendan is not as confident in the Chiefs this year, and I'd be really interested when when he gets back onto the uh, podcast waves what his rationale there is, why he's not as high on these two teams that have been the best teams in their conference, really, over the past two or three seasons. Maybe it's just the loss of those star receivers that we are talking about, Tyreek Hill leaving Kansas City, Devontae Adams leaving Green Bay, but I really would like to know, once uh, Brendan gets back on the podcast, what he's seeing that we're missing in projecting the Chiefs this time and then previously the Packers as going under those projected win totals. So, 
once again moving from the west to the east we have the afc east and i think it's fair to say eric that this has the most clear-cut the most consensus division winner of perhaps any division in all of football with the buffalo bills the buffalo bills are almost unanimously seen this year as the super bowl favorites as the favorites to be the best team in the nfl in terms of their regular season record and i'm right on the bandwagon i love josh allen i love this bills roster and so i think over even this pretty high 11 and a half win total for the bills is easily achievable um there's very little question marks on this team maybe there's some question marks on the offensive line maybe there's some question marks in terms of uh corner with them likely playing a big role with Kyer Elam, their uh, first round pick with Trey White, uh, not healthy to start the beginning of the season. But these are just very, very small concerns, you know, nitpicking what is overall a fantastic roster. And so I have bills pretty easily over 11 and a half win total. The rest of the division, Eric, not as clear cut. Miami at eight and a half, the Patriots at eight and a half, uh, and then the Jets at five and a half. And to me, if there's one team that really stands out here, uh, there's one team that I can that think can take a step forward. That is the Miami Dolphins, because they do add Tyree Kill. They add Mike McDaniel as their head coach, who is a disciple of the Kyle Shanahan offensive system, uh, the system that I love and the system that I think could really be useful in maximizing this uh, talent that the Dolphins have offensively and minimizing some of the perhaps deficiencies that Tua Tagovailoa has as their quarterback. So I think they could end up actually going over that eight and a half win total. The Patriots, I think they overperformed their offensive talent last year. Uh, I think Bill Belichick did a really good job coaching last year in order to get this team in the playoffs. I'm not sure he could repeat that same trick this year, and so I will go under. And then the Jets, if Zach Wilson had been healthy for the full season, I may have been tempted in going over this projection, but between his injury, the loss of Mekhi Becton on the offensive line for the full season, I'm just going to stick with under. Uh, I think this is another transitional year for the jets yeah i completely agree john buffalo bills definitely on top i have them at 13 wins confidently over that 11 half win total um it sounds like brennan also has them over that win total also at 13 wins i think uh, i mean correct me if i'm wrong john, i think we're confidently projecting them to be the number one seed in the afc would you would you agree yeah. with it okay and then, yeah but I, I think the only reason to pick against the bills if you still have some a lingering delusion that Josh Allen is not a good quarterback or is not an elite level quarterback. Uh, I think that's literally the only reason to pick against the bills uh, and, and pick under. And I just don't see that at all. I think um, what we saw in the playoffs last year against the chiefs is the quarterback that we're going to see more often than not this year for the bills. And so I don't really see any rationale to picking them as anything other than the best team in the AFC. I completely agree. And, and them loading up with Von Miller as one of their star signings, I think is going to be fun to watch. Um, I guess it's breaking some fantasy aspects of this. Are, would you confidently project Josh Allen to be the number one overall quarterback in fantasy, John? Yep. Yeah. All right. I, I, easily. Uh, because 
this is, I think the top two quarterbacks in fantasy until proven otherwise should always be Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And the difference is, is that Josh Allen is a much better runner and a much more used runner. Uh, they design running plays for him. He is probably the Bills' go-to rusher uh, down at the goal line, so he's going to get a lot of those goal line opportunities that you would normally have a running back get. So, yeah, easily number one fantasy quarterback for me. Completely agree. Completely agree. All right, moving on to Patriots and Dolphins here. Both at eight and a half win totals, as you mentioned, from Vegas. Uh, I have them both under that win total with eight wins. Uh, it sounds like Brendan is right on with me, both projecting, uh, or he's projecting both teams to be also at eight wins under that eight and a half win total. Very difficult to project these teams. I have the Dolphins as the most difficult to project in this division. I feel like if I'm giving them eight wins, I'm not giving them, giving them enough respect. They finished with nine wins last season, uh, and they finished with 10 wins the season prior. They added key offensive weapons in Tyreek Hill. They have another season with Jalen Waddell, um, another offseason with Tua under the helm, Chase Edmonds coming out of the backfield, Raheem Moster as a uh, blazing guy coming out of the backfield, change of pace back possibly. Uh, very scary offense and still a solid defense from my perspective. Um, so eight wins is tough, but I think until I, this, this is the team kind of what you're alluding to, um, from the Raiders or the Broncos that you're mentioning is like a kind of wait-and-see approach. I am not as confident or bullish on Tua uh, just yet. He showed uh, that he was capable last season, but can he get this team over that 500 hump to kind of make that push for the playoffs with high expectations on his shoulders? Uh, I, I still have a lot of questions. So I'm going to put him conservatively at eight wins and see where they go. Patriots, uh, I have a lot of questions on offense. seems like they really struggled this year or in the preseason on the offensive side of the ball. I'm not sure if Mac Jones can take that next step. They added some weapons, such as Devontae Parker coming in from their Dolphins uh, the rivals. Um, and they have another season of Ramondre Stevenson coming out of the backfield with James White retiring. Um, Damian Harris is still a solid running back. They might need to lean on them continuously if Mac Jones cannot um, continue. Uh, pro progressing as a prospect uh, with Bill Belichick at the helm they're going to have a great defense but I think that's why I'm projecting them at still eight wins they're on that eight nine win hump and I'm because of the offensive side of the ball I'm going to put them at under here but we'll have to see if Bill Belichick can do anything special for them and, and kind of make that push uh, that this team is going to need um, they, they did finish with 10 wins last season so maybe there there's something that is going to be more optimistic for them to, to kind of make a splash in this division. And I think you said everything that we need to say about the Jets. They do have some great weapons. Brees Hall, one of the top-rated running backs uh, coming out of the, the, the NFL draft. Um, Garrett Wilson is another uh, quality wide receiver coming out of the draft. Uh, they have a lot of young weapons. See if this, uh, Zach Wilson can stay healthy. But uh, another year or two away maybe uh, to, to kind of see where the New York Jets are going to land, but they're definitely the seller of this division. And I will I will mention, though, that, that Brendan has them at over with six wins, though, over that, over that five-and-a-half win total, and I have them at under with five wins. So maybe they take a step forward, but they're sitting confidently at five-and-a-half win total right there. The Jets feel like, to me, they can be next year's Lions, mm -hmm. but I mm -hmm. think this year they're still last year's Lions. And so 
they could be a very competitive team, but I don't think they're going to win a lot of football games. I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, if there's nothing else to add, John, I think we'll, we'll head to the NFC, AFC North. One of your favorite yeah, divisions. Yeah, my, division, right? my favorite division, the AFC North. Let's go. All right, John. Oh, boy. Run it this down. Is, this is a fascinating division to me. And the one thing that I think keeps ringing true in my head, it keeps resonating in my head, is that every year in the NFL – there is a team that goes from worst to first in their division. And there seems like no better opportunity for that to be the case than with the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC North this year. The Baltimore Ravens were decimated, destroyed by injuries last year. It felt like they were running a backup defense for most of the year. Lamar Jackson missed time. Their running back room was absolutely obliterated and you just feel like there's no possible way their injury could luck could be that bad again they as they almost always do had a wonderful draft um they bring in high impact rookies like tyler linderbaum on the offensive line kyle hamilton on the defense uh isaiah likely one of their tight end picks they, they added two tight ends him and charlie kolar um isaiah likely dominated in the preseason and gives lamar jackson another big target in the middle of the field with mark andrews uh jk dobbins is healthy after missing all of last year with a knee injury um this is going to be a very new look defense but i think the ravens are really well positioned to make that jump from worst to first and for that reason i have them over their 10 and a half win total that is projected for them then the Bengals, last year's darlings uh the afc representative in the super bowl seemingly out of nowhere there's a lot of reason i think to like this Bengals team especially given what they did last year there's a lot of reason i think to question this Bengals team uh, will Joe Burrow take steps forward? Will Joe Burrow be the same? Will Joe Burrow take steps back? They did improve the offensive line, which is obviously a big bugaboo for them last year. Um, but they only made, I think, small changes in terms of their defense. Uh, and so can their defense be as good as it was last year? Uh, can Trey Hendrickson in particular and that defensive line be as good as it was last year? I don't know. Um, I still sort of tentatively put them as an over, sort of, sort of, not a lot of confidence, uh, and and so I had them over the nine and a half win total. Probably ten and seven feels about right for this Bengals team, uh, which would be a step back from where they were last year. I think part of that is just that the Ravens should play them a lot tougher, uh, and so that'll be. Definitely a matchup to watch. One of the ones I'm most excited for this year. Then my beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin for 15 years has not had a team finish five below 500. They've either been 500 or better for all of the 15 years of Mike Tomlin's tenure in Pittsburgh. This could be the year that that streak comes to an end it would be really sad obviously ben roethlisberger is no longer there uh you have mitch trubisky who's going to start the season under center you have a defense that still has a lot of playmakers an offense that outside of trubisky has a lot of talent 
It's just that not enough of that talent is on the offensive line, and I think that's even probably a bigger question mark than what you're going to get out of Trubisky is what you're going to get out of this offensive line. But because it's Mike Tomlin, because it's the Steelers, I do have them going over the 7.5 wins. This may be just squeaking over, and because and they may end up being like an 8-9 and nine team, which unfortunately would break Tomlin's streak. Uh, but I think they do go over. And then the Browns, this is all I'm going to say about the Browns. They don't deserve to win more than the eight and a half games that they are projected. They do not deserve to win those eight and a half games. I am upset with them, I think is the right way to term it, uh, with sort of the way they've handled the Sean Watson situation, the way that they've sort of, I think, tried to sweep under the rug all of the allegations against him. Um, and so I don't like the Browns. Uh, both personally, and I don't like them with Jacoby Brissett starting most of the season to better that eight and a half win total. Yeah, certainly reasonable, John. I think uh, the Browns, I also have them under that eight and a half win total of seven wins. Sounds like Brendan is right along with that, uh, also of seven wins. So we're all under on the Browns. Uh, they were eight and nine last season, and now without a true starting quarterback, I think at least for the first uh, 11 games at the very least, um, they're, they didn't make any that many notable improvements, I think. So I think um, under is definitely the way to go here. Uh, I do like, I, I think uh, I do have some optimism for Jacoby Brissett, Brissett in, leading the, in, in leading the quarterback room for the time being. So I'm excited to see how he's going to play out with Amari Cooper is one of their main additions on the wide receiver uh, room. Um, so I think that'll be fun to see at the beginning of the season, but I, I'm, I'm upset with the Bron- Browns as well. Um, and we'll have to see how their end of the season turns out. But I also have the bottom of the division. Um, your beloved Pittsburgh Steelers, John, I will admit here, I did have them at, originally at eight wins, still over that seven and a half win total, but breaking that streak of the, that, that 500 that um, Tom, uh, Mike Tomlin has had uh, for so long for, for, his, for his teams. Um, I mean, curse that extra game that kind of like took away our, our 500 win total here and needs to pick between 8 and 9 and 9 and 8 here. Um, I will admit that after I heard Mr. Bisky is starting, I gave him an extra win here. I'm going to push him over that 8 win total and give him that 9 wins to finish 9 and 8. They still have solid options on the defensive side of the ball. Defensive star TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick started, starring in the secondary. I think the, the defensive side of the ball can definitely hold on the fort, and I have a lot of optimism. Um, as a Chicago Bears fan, I, I don't mind uh, Trubisky that much. I think uh, maybe Mike Tomlin can unlock something from him, and they still have solid weapons. Najee Harris, uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens as one of their rookie wide receivers. A lot of weapons on offense um, that I think Trubisky can take care of. One of the best offenses that he's had. Um, better than what he's had on the Bears, personally, I think. Um, so a lot of room for optimism. I have them at nine wins. I don't have them making the playoffs because AFC is stacked this year. Um, but I, I think there there's going to be a lot of room for optimism to to move forward uh, with the Steelers. Uh, Bengals here. I have them at ten wins. Finished at ten and seven last year. Um, I, I guess sorry. Let me backtrack real quick because I want to mention Brendan's pick. He has them at under that seven half win total of seven wins. So he's not as confident in the Steelers as. That's uh, yeah, and that's the only difference really here right. in this in this whole division is that Brendan does not like the Steelers. 
uh, evidently does not like Mitch Trubisky. So I'll have to have some words with him uh, <laughs> when he gets back on the podcast on why he's hating, why he's hating on uh, Mitch Trubisky and Mike Tomlin. But uh, that that's fine, uh, you know. Yeah. He he can he can be wrong. <laughs> yeah, come back, listeners, for that that Steelers debate because I'm I'm excited for it. I think there's a lot of uh, ups and downs for the Steelers team that we can easily point to. So I'm excited to see how the Steelers team is going to shake out the, this season. Um, moving on to the Bengals, I have them over the nine and a half win total that Vegas is projecting. Finished at seven, ten to seven last season, made that Super Bowl run, ended up losing to the Rams. Um, definitely a little overmatched there, I think personally. Um, but I have them at ten wins again. They revamped their offensive line uh, to protect Joe Burrow. He got sacked over 50 times last season, like one of the league highest. Uh, but Joe Burrow is clearly one of the up-and-coming quarterback stars with a lot of weapons at his disposal. Joe, Joe Mixon coming out of the backfield. Jamar Chase, uh, one of his uh, college buddies and wide receivers. Um, T. Higgins is still a star. Tyler Boyd I still love as their third wide receiver. Um they still have a lot of key pieces on the defensive side of the ball to kind of inflate their their run here. Um, and I think we're all pretty confident in the Bengals making it over that 9.5 win total, all of 10 wins. Brendan also, uh, or at least all over. Um, I have a 10 wins. Brendan has no 10 wins. John mentioned also the 10 win total here. Um, so I have them making the playoffs. Um, they are tied, as I previously mentioned, with the Raiders, for example, I had a 10 wins. Uh, I, I, we will mention another 10-win team that I projected in the AFC South. So definitely a tricky team. I do have them making the playoffs, though, make another Super Bowl run, possibly. Um, they're definitely an exciting piece to watch, and I hope they make it because it's going to be fun to see uh, what Joe Burrow has in store for us as the up-and-coming, like, one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, but then, finally, the Baltimore Ravens with a 10.5 win total projection. I also have them at over 11 wins. Sounds like Brendan's right along in line with that with us with 11 wins here. Um, they did lose Marquise Brown as the wide receiver traded away to the Arizona Cardinals. Now we'll have to see if Rashad Bateman could take the step. Still Mark Andrews, but I think they're going to scale back on that passing attack anyway. They want to run more. They get J.K. Dobbins um, coming back from injury. Gus Edwards is on the PUP list at the beginning of the season, so we'll have to see um, when he's healthy. But still uh, a better rushing room than they what they had last season in Devontae Freeman, Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, all these old court, uh, running backs that uh, weren't going to do what they wanted to do. So I'm excited to see what the Ravens are going to do uh, this year and kind of take back this division uh, with Harbaugh still leading the charge at, 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 on the coaching staff. Um, should be an interesting division. A lot of a lot of exciting, interesting storylines for each of these uh, teams. But um, I think we're all confidently on the Ravens here. Yeah. I, I, I Okay, so... I want to poise this question, uh, uh, put this question to you, Eric. Given the choice, just for this year, would you rather have Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow as your quarterback? Because I think that is a de- debate you could easily have in this division, and I think it's also a debate that um, could end up determining who wins this division. Uh, we're talking purely from an NFL standpoint, right? Not. Uh... Yeah, no, we're just we're just we're, we're we're talking about we're talking about all things being all everything else being equal. You get either Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson to be your quarterback. Who are you taking? I, I would take Joe Burrow personally. I, I like what I see saw from him last season. I think he's someone that can lead this um, 
lead this team uh, as a true leader with a lot of, I guess, all things being equal. But I think he's he's got that fire in him. While Lamar Jackson needs to fit the scheme that he has uh, in, in the running back room, and I think I'm not as confident in him from what I saw last season as a passer, though he did set some um, career highs with in, in that passing scheme. But it's, it's not what the Ravens can do. Um, so all he has is his rushing ability. Now I question his durability as well. Uh, so uh, I'll pick the, the younger Joe Burrow here and, and kind of lead him the charge here. Do you know Joe Burrow's not actually younger? That, right? That's true. But I guess uh, <laughs> baby NFL-wise, I guess. Yeah, I, I'd go the other way. I, I pick Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson is a much higher ceiling as a quarterback. Um, from how he can affect the the game, uh, not just as a passer, but as maybe the most dangerous rushing threat in all of football. Um, and I know that's high praise. I know that's, you know, sort of throwing a little bit of shade towards guys like uh, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, who we're going to talk about in just a second. But I think he is the most dangerous rushing threat in all of football. And so... I think Lamar Jackson just has a much higher impact on everything that an offense does than Joe Burrow. Admittedly, I am lower on Joe Burrow, even though I think he's he's a good quarterback. I'm lower on him than I think a lot of people uh, around the NFL are. Um, so I would take Lamar Jackson personally, but I, I'm glad that we uh, sort of covered both sides of that. I'm and curious then, to see if the Ravens are going to value him as highly as well, because I think he still is in a contract dispute here and kind of in his fifth year in the NFL. Um, and so we'll see what their price point is for uh, Lamar Jackson and kind of see like where he's going to stack up against the rest of the NFL and contract-wise with his skill set. Yeah, that'll be um, – they've already – tabled contract talks uh in terms of until the end of the season so we'll see he is playing on the last year of his deal and maybe that provides lamar jackson with a little bit of extra motivation all right wrapping things up with the afc south as i kind of hinted at in that jonathan taylor derrick henry talk and i think that's a really good place uh with those two running backs and their respective teams to start this discussion eric Colts and Titans, right or wrong, are the only really competitive teams in this division, right? Is that is that is that true? Can can you feel confident saying that, Eric? Oh, 100%, 100%. All the other, uh, I guess, the other two teams are definitely far more raw, and there's definitely only two contenders in this division. So between those two contenders, obviously you had the Titans winning it last season and the Colts stumbling at the final hurdle in terms of uh, making it into the playoffs with that loss to the Jaguars in week 18. Uh, do you see it stacking up again the same way it stacked up last season with Titans on the top and Colts in second? Or do you see things maybe flip-flopping this year? I think there's a lot of room for optimism for this Indianapolis Colts team. Uh, they have star running back Jonathan Taylor, who definitely has a lot less wear and tear on him than as compared to Derrick Henry, who is coming off an injury last season, um, a broken foot, uh, notably. Um, but I have the Titans still winning this division, although I have both of these teams only at 10 wins. So they're basically going to be neck and neck throughout this race. Uh, they both projected a 9.5 win total here. For from Vegas, or at least there's what their over/under is set. Uh, I think the Titans. 
I mean, I originally had the Colts winning. Honestly, this division uh, was a lot more bullish on them. But then I kind of scaled back because I do believe the Titans are going to get a healthy Derrick Henry back. This was a team that won 12 games last season and was the overall top seed in the AFC. Um, and I think that should give them some respect in what Mike Vrabel is going to uh, set up for this team. Solid pieces on defensive side of the ball. I still have confidence in Ryan Tannehill. They did trade away A.J. Brown. But they got Trenton Burks as a rookie receiver. I like Robert Woods as a solid option for Tannehill to pass to. So I think this offense is still going to be smooth sailing. Uh, from, from my point of view, I think Derrick Henry, I'm still confident because he did come back in the playoff game last season. Um, at the end of last season, now he's had a full season to kind of recover. and Full offseason, I guess, to recover. And that... Gives me a little more confidence than if he were to not play, for example. Uh, I think he definitely has the capability to beat King Henry and take over 40 touches uh, in this offense to kind of lead the charge against a weaker division here, as we mentioned. Texans and Jaguars still at the bottom of the division. Um, so I have both of these over at 10 wins. Tex Titans just barely winning that tiebreaker. Uh, how do you feel about these two teams, John? How do they stack out? Uh, I go the opposite way. I am worried about this Titans team. I'm worried that they are set to take a step back. Uh, they did lose Harold Landry, one of their star pass rushers, to a, a season-long injury. So I'm worried about their defense and, and whether or not that you know they can get enough uh, pass rush out of guys like Bud Dupree and Jeffrey Simmons uh, to maybe cover up some of the other deficiencies on that defense. They have a couple of really good safeties in Amani Hooker and Kevin Byard, um, but I think there are a lot of question marks otherwise. And then on offense, can Ryan Tannehill be a level raiser or can Ryan Tannehill be a player that sort of holds his Titans teams back? I think that is the question. Uh, Derrick Henry Anytime you have a running back coming off injury, and especially a running back that's going to touch the ball as much as he will, it gives me reason for concern. Now, I personally love Derrick Henry as a player. He ha you know, he provides you with the type of football that I love to see. Smash mouth, you know, leaning on a dominant running game. And I hope that he comes out and he's healthy for the full season. I am just not confident that that's going to be the case. And then I think the loss of A.J. Brown, um, they tried to replace him in the draft with Traylon Burks from Arkansas, a player that I really liked in the draft, but apparently somebody who has not necessarily clicked so far for the Titans this year. Uh, and so they did add Robert Woods from the Rams. I think that was a good addition. But I think offensively, there are enough question marks. Defensively, there are enough question marks where I think this is going to be a step back for the Titans this year. And I think that makes it where the Colts can just step right in and take over this division, at least in 2022. Uh, I like the addition of Matt Ryan for them. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have another wonderful year, especially if Matt Ryan can, you know, sort of keep teams honest and keep them from uh, stacking that box against Jonathan Taylor. And, and I think the defense, um, they add Stephon Gilmore to, what a de to a defense that was already pretty good. Um, they have, you know, big-time playmakers at every level of that defense with uh, 
DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard and then Stephon Gilmore now in the secondary. And so I, I think this is the Colts division to lose. I have them going over the nine and a half win total. And then the Titans, I have them slipping under the nine and a half win total uh, for the AFC South. Yeah, I mean, definitely reasonable to project them uh, as a top of the division. Brendan has um, the Colts as 11 win total, which I can kind of, I guess, mathematically get to. They were nine and eight last season. And I could see Carson Wentz, their their previous quarterback, uh, losing them two games functionally. Uh, particularly a Jaguars game. I, I remember another game where he threw a pick six at the beginning near the end zone and kind of threw the game there. So uh, Matt Ryan is definitely a, a moderate or a conservative step up from Carson Wentz. I wouldn't be too bullish on Matt Ryan. That's why I only gave them one win. Uh, but I can certainly see him getting plus two wins from last season uh, and, and hitting that level win total, winning this division. Um, but I'm a little more conservative there. Have them at 10 and 7, just missing out, losing the tiebreaker to the Bengals and making the playoffs. Um, on the other side with the Titans, Brendan also is with you, John, with an under uh, prediction for that 9.5 win total with 8 wins. Um, confidently under that 500 win total, already taking that step back that you're already suggesting. Um, and then kind of uh, in line with the Jaguars and the Texans here. Uh, the Texans I have at under that six and a half win total with six wins, um, really pretty confidently under that six wins. We'll see if Trevor Lawrence can take that step forward. Brendan has them at uh, under with five wins. Uh, sounds like he's pretty confident in that aspect as well. Finally, the Texans, they did hire, uh, a, I guess, former Illinois and Chicago Bears coach Lovey Smith um, for this kind of rebuild era. Uh, they have Davis Mills at the uh, quarterback helm. Um, they have a running a r- rookie running back with Damian Pierce coming out of their backfield. So a lot of raw pieces there. Um, they finished at four wins over the past two seasons in particular. I'm going to predict them at four wins again under that four and a half win total. Uh, and sounds like Brendan's right along with me. I think we both think, uh, me and Brendan think that uh, this is the most difficult team to project because they could easily get five or six wins. Uh, with the roster that they have and kind of sneak out wins from this division, whether it be the Jaguars or a losing Titans team uh, or maybe even a uh, unawares Colts team um, that uh, still might not run away with the division. Um, but I think we all have them under uh, that, or at least uh, me and Brendan have them under that 4-1 total and at the fourth place in this division. What, what do you think, John? How about the rest of this division here? So I definitely agree that the Texans are going to finish in fourth. The Jaguars are going to finish in third. I think, though, there is some reason for optimism around both of these teams. I think the Texans actually added good players uh, this offseason in Damian Pierce, like you mentioned, in Derek Stingley Stingley Jr., and uh, Kenyon Green in the first round, and then Jalen Petrie was a, uh, at a Baylor was another good pick for them in the second round. Um, so I think they are trending in the right direction. Um, and so I think they could end up actually sneaking over that four and a half win total, five, six wins like you suggested. The Jaguars are a team that I expect to get better over the season. I think the dysfunction that sort of surrounded that team last year and the ill-fated Urban Meyer era uh, was 
really just an anchor around all of their necks last year. I think this team was more talented than the worst record in football would suggest. And so I think as Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence sort of build rapport uh, and, and, you know, they, they added a bunch of offensive weapons, they get Travis Etienne back healthy. Uh, I think this team could maybe start slowly out of the blocks, but then build and get better as the season goes on and for that reason i think this could very well be a 7 and 10 win team and so i'm gonna go just slightly over that six and a half win total yeah, i think my only uh, area for caution i guess with the jaguars or at least why i'm not projecting them taking that same step is i'm worried about trevor lawrence's ability to uh be precise he did have 17 interceptions last year i'm worried about his turnovers uh, and that may be what's holding the back. So I'm hoping Doug Peterson, their new head coach, can kind of steady the, the reins there and, and have Trevor Lawrence develop and, and to the prospect that he, and the potential that he has. Um, but I think they're possibly a year away and kind of a wait-and-see approach for me and the Jaguars there. Yeah, it, it, and they could be a year away. I, I could be sort of jumping the gun, but I am less cautious about Trevor Lawrence. I think he shows more of week 18 trevor lawrence that we saw against the colts than he shows you know multi-interception per game trevor lawrence that we saw a lot last year all right and so eric i i think we've done it i think we've gone through the whole nfl uh and for our listeners out there this episode should be coming out either right before or right around the same time that our week one preview episode comes out. So be sure to check that out as well. But uh, real pleasure, Eric, uh, going through the entire NFL with you as always. Oh, definitely, John. Let, let's let's close it real quick with uh, who, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? Let, let's close with that, John. Uh, I can't I can't I can't pick against Buffalo I think there are going to be a lot of interesting challengers in the AFC um, in terms of the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Ravens and maybe some surprise ones Uh, maybe the Bengals make some noise again but I just think I really like Buffalo um, both from an on-paper perspective, both from a sort of my just feelings towards the way that team is built and, and Josh Allen, so I can't pick against the Bills. All right, love to hear it. I think uh, I actually have the Chargers, despite what I said, finishing uh, second wild card by making that run, beating the Bills in the AFC Championship game, and making it the Super Bowl and beating the Packers is where I have them projected. So I'm, I'm going to predict that the uh, Lombardi Trophy stays in Los Angeles, and I'm going to have the Chargers winning it this year. This, despite what I said in them uh, not winning the division, I think there's still have a chance to make the Super Bowl run here. And I'd love to see that. I really like that Chargers team, too. I think Justin Herbert and company is a really fun watch, so that would be really fun to see. Um, other than that, uh, be sure to check out the Week 1 episode uh, right after you're done listening to this, and you can hear more of our lovely NFL takes. Uh, and until then, we will see you in the next episode. Thanks, everyone. 